going to talk about, can we limit God? Uh, and I'm not really looking for a yes, no answer, uh, because I'll just do the spoiler alert. I do believe it's yes, no, yes and no. Um, and so I, I, I kind of put that out there to kind of tweak your interest. But I want to talk about kind of um, some of these questions that we have around um, uh, God's part, my part. And, you know, we, we, we've gone into different camps where, um, we just gotten confused. And in that confusion, um, we're misrepresenting God and we're not getting the ministry we need and we're not ministering to the others in the way that is needed. Uh, and this question arose, from a social media question that I got, uh, which was so great. I was like, oh, that is a brilliant question. He said, does God only do what we believe he can in our lives? Um, and what a great question. And, and the truth is, I believe yes and no. So in other words, uh, you know, the word is very clear that we can limit God in moving certain ways with our unbelief, but then God has a million ways to move around our unbelief or to help us in our unbelief so that that's overcomable. Because what we don't want is, um, you know, what, what emotionally feels depressing is if it's all on God and we're waiting for God to move. And so we just got to kind of convince him to move like it's all on him. Okay, so that doesn't feel good. And I don't think it's accurate because he partners with his his sons and daughters. On the other hand, we don't want it to be, it's all on me. I got to work up my belief. If I have doubts and everything, you know, I'm screwed. Okay, so that's depressing and not helpful. And so I don't believe it's either or. I, I believe um, there's a combination of both. So, um, so let's talk about this because the, what we have in our lives, we have needs, we have pains, we have so-and-so got diagnosed with cancer. I need money, um, global warming, you know, political fallout, but you take a card, any card, right? We have, pro we have, we have things that we really need God to move, to move. Okay. In our lives, we have emotional pain. Um, all of that kind of thing. Abuse happens. Um, and so um, what the question is, is if God is so good and he's so powerful, um, you know, how does that come to bear in a world where there's so much evil and darkness and pain and suffering? And I need to meet him. I need him to meet me there and I need to meet him where he is. Right. And so um, so we need some power in it, but we need to not have to be the source of that power. Like your ability, because God is a relational God. I like to start from the beginning. Who is God? Because God was there um, before we were, he created us and we're created in his image and likeness. And so everything flows 
from who God is. And God is love and God is truth and God is life and God is light, right? God is good. So this this is God. We're created in his image and likeness and we live in a fallen world with big problems, right? And so um, to, um, to have things um, operating the way that they need to operate, we start from that place where God, seeing that humanity would choose to turn away, to fall, seeing that he is a lamb slain before the foundation of the world to address what would inevitably happen when humanity turned away from him and we turned away into our own darkness and created evil. And so with that problem, he's the big A answer that came before the relative little P problem of the fall, which is a huge problem, but how big is God? God's much bigger. And so he addressed that even before there were problems. And I'm just saying that's his nature. His nature is answering all the the issues that we have coming, that we are feeling. Where you're hurting, you need answers, right? And so how do those answers manifest? And we need a God who moves. Okay. Now, So God is love, has limited himself, okay? God has limited himself. How has he limited himself? Well, he's never not going to be love. He's never not going to be truth. He's never not going to be light. God is the most unmanipulatable person in the planet. (laughs) And sometimes we wish we could manipulate him. Like, if I just pray and fast long enough, I can make you do what I want. Well, God wants to address whatever the pain is, but he's not going to be manipulated. Okay. Because he is love and love is the most powerful person in the universe, most powerful entity in the universe. However, he also partners with his kids. There's some things that God is not going to just sovereignly do outside of his kids. He gave us dominion over the earth realm. He's not going to take it back. He's not going to rip it back. God's not going to control us. You have free will. And so he's constantly working within us to heal our wills where we're rebellious, um, to heal our minds, wills, and emotions where we're confused in pain and destructive, um, and to heal all that mess so that we can partner together to create solutions for the problems. And so if you go to Romans 8, it talks about us as created beings, us as the sons and daughters of God um, being unveiled uh, and releasing creation from its bondage. So releasing creation from its bondage, it means that there's a partnership because, but that comes from his unveiling and us cooperating. When, When God convicts you of something, that you know is bad, right? Or maybe you didn't know it was bad. Maybe you're so confused you didn't know it was bad, okay? And he convicts you of it and you're like, crap, that's a thing. I Forgive me, help me. I can't help myself, help me. And you start to cooperate with what God is doing. Literally, you're being unveiled and you're in a greater position to speak to the darkness, to speak to the evil um, and release creation from its bondage. And this is what he does. Now, um, So 
He's, he's moving in concert with us, but it doesn't depend all on us, right? So not in your own strength, Philippians 2.13. It is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing, creating the power and desire to will and to work for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. So what's he doing? He's empowering you to operate according to his good will because we're, we get confused. We want him to, to, to march to our drumbeat. It's like, well, you're not God. So your drum beats off. Just assume it and be humble <laughs> and follow his, he's, he's smarter. He's gooder. <laughs> he's more beautiful. He's more powerful than, than we are, but we're not apart from him. And we look just like him in our flavor. There's no condemnation. So what is he doing? He's healing us to be able to do to be able to speak to those things that are problematic. And so in that involves such a thing as believing God. If you're going to allow God to um, convict you of righteousness, to unveil you, that means he's going to confront things that don't look like love, that don't look right. You're going to have to trust him that he's good and that his way is smarter than your way, that you can trust him. And this brings about the issue of belief and limiting God by our unbelief. So uh, in Psalm 78, now understand this is um, read from um, the old, uh, an old covenant perspective, but it does give some uh, real insight. Psalm 78, verse 40, and this is Israel. And God was trying to take this nation out of this pagan kind of way of being, out of being the slave mindset, um, and free them and use move through them. He doesn't use people. Move through them in order to save all the other nations as well. Okay. But they rebelled. How many times they rebelled in the desert days? how they grieved him with their grumblings again and again, they limited God. Why? Because God is like partner with me. It's like, no, not going to do it. And you're not providing enough stuff for us. Right. And all this. Okay. Well, he's not going to force you. You can totally limit how God is moving. If you refuse to cooperate with him, he's given you a free will and you will experience hell, not as a punishment, because you're just going off. You're insisting on embracing the darkness. Let me tell you what's in the darkness. Hell's in the darkness. So like get a clue and turn to the light. <laughs> okay. This is not a punishment. It's a consequence that we choose. So let's make better choices and let's not limit God. Because if you're choosing to look towards the darkness, if you think the dark, the answers are going to be found in the darkness, if you make yourself your own God, Okay, because I'm going to go my own way and screw you and all that. Okay, well, you're going to reap consequences of being in the darkness because that's intrinsic to the darkness that you chose. So choose better. Right. And you're limiting God because he's not going to force you. But let me just tell you something about God. It's such a happy, glorious thing about God is when you wander off in the darkness. Guess who's there? God's there. He's not, he didn't create the darkness. He's like, honey, just, okay, make a better choice. Okay, you did it again. All right. All right. Love you. I'm patient. I'm kind. All right. So make a better choice. No. Okay. All right. I I'm here. Oh, wow. Now you're screaming at me to save you out of your crappy consequences. I'm right here. I'm going to help you walk this out, but it may take some time. 
right? And so the more we cooperate with God, the more um, we are empowering what he wants for us to do. But He's He's God is love. And you cannot be love if you control people. Cannot be it because they need to choose love. We need to choose love. So if I go my own way, well, he'll let me go my own way, but he's right with me on my stupid way, trying to convince me back to sanity, right? Um, um, it says, they forgot his great love, how he took them by the hand and with redemption's kiss, he delivered them from their enemies. Okay, so God, um, remembering how God has come through come through in the past. This is why memorials are helpful. Memorials in your own life. My husband and I, we haven't done this recently because we're kind of in the habit of remembering, but I don't know if we need to pick it up back up. That's again, we just literally had this little basket and it had marbles of all these different miracles where God came through and each marble stood for something. It was a visual. And sometimes it's good to have in your journal, God came through here, God came through here, God came, look at what he did here. And this builds your Um, builds your faith because you're looking at a faithful God. And if you're looking at a faithful God, faith rises up. Faith is belief. It's the word um, uh, pisteo. I said that wrong, Um, but pronunciation. Uh, It means to have faith uh, in, upon, or with respect to a person or thing. Um, Credit by implication to entrust especially when spiritual well-being to Christ, to believe, commit, trust, and put trust with. It's about believing, it's about trusting, and which is to have faith. Let's go to um, Mark 9.21. This um, This is with the father who had a son who was demonized, throwing himself in the fire, all this kind of stuff. And the disciples couldn't uh, deliver. They, They were supposed to deliver this this uh, son, but they couldn't do it. And so Jesus (laughs) like, Oh my gosh, my disciples. Okay. They're not discipling. Well, okay. Verse 21. uh, How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire, into water, trying to kill him, have mercy on us and help us. If you can, I love the humanity of this next statement. What do you mean? If I can, Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. Okay, anything is possible if a person believes. So there's something on our end we need to believe. Okay, but what do I do if I don't believe? If I'm having a hard time trusting you, if I've had a child that's been throwing himself into the fire and the water, since he was a little boy, it's hard for me to believe that you can do something. That's just a human thing, right? So, um, and the father, oh my God, I love this so much. This helps me so much. Uh, the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief, right? Um, this is the father that said, I, there's parts of you that believe, but the parts of you that unbelieve, oh, so what was Jesus' answer? Well, I'm not going to do anything till you believe fully. So you better work up your faith. You better confess the scriptures. You better work the scriptures. And then I'll move. Well, is that a lovely person? No. What does a lovely person do? Oh, they help where we need help. I think God is called. Let me think, 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 think. Oh, he's called the helper. And so he gets to help us overcome our unbelief. This is the healing process, Right. 
Um, Verse 25, when Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. What did Jesus do? He solved the problem because the, the father said, I'm looking to you for an answer. That is actually a um, hope filled. There's some belief in it. Like maybe you can do something. Now you could tell he really wasn't like, I don't know if you guys can do something, particularly since your disciples are pretty incompetent over here. Um, so, um, but he turns to the one who is the source of all that goodness. Turn to him instead of turning away. That's like looking towards the light. And there's a level of belief in that. I do believe, but there was a level of unbelief. I don't believe to an extent. Help me. So what does he do? He looks to the one that can help um, and receives the help. And what happens? The, the, the young boy got delivered, right? Uh, so, you know, this is us cooperating with God that Jesus didn't move sovereignly outside, uh, you know, just poof, like a magic thing. I'm going to force miracles on you. I'm going to force this. This is just what's going to happen. No, I'm moving with you because it's not just about the answer to the problem. The bigger problem is our lack of trust, our, our lack of relational dynamic in with God. That's our bigger problem. Listen, if we we're just able to rest and trust these miracles would pop out like popcorn as, as not the main thing as the byproducts of relationship. That's what God is after. God is after relationship. He's after conforming us into his image. And the more we cooperate with that, the more we're operating as sons, that all these things that are promises are actually ours. And we rest in them because we know in whom we have believed. Okay. Um, so let's talk about another attribute of God that you may not have heard of. And that is God is a God who submits by nature. I, I didn't come up with this. This is Paul Young, William Paul Young. He wrote the shack. Okay. But it's so brilliant. Now, how do I say that? Because he's love. So what does love do? Love submits. Love is other giving. And so he submits to our choices. And when we make a crapola choice, what does God do? Well, I'm done with you. No, he doesn't do that. The humans do that, right? Because love is, let me think, oh yeah, patient and kind. Love is long suffering. Love is faithful. Love never leaves and never forsakes, right? So he's right there. Okay. And so what does he do? Well, he has to move a different way. Why? Because he's not going to force his will on us. Okay. No, he's going to uh, work to heal our will. And sometimes that means we have to sit in some crapola consequences till we, oh, this is the pig pen. Maybe I ought to get out of the pig pen and come back to someone who loves me. That's <laughs> the prodigal, right? Okay. Um, but he's waiting, right? And he's wooing the human heart. Um, and this flies against the issue of a sovereign God. Have you guys heard of a sovereign God? Yes. So God, I would say is sovereign, but I would challenge what we believe as the sovereign. So I like, if you go to the Merriam-Webster dictionary and uh, it talks about what does sovereign mean? Okay. It means superlative and quality. Check. That would be God. Of the most exalted supreme. Check. That would be God. 
having generalized curative powers, check that would be God, of an unqualified nature. I think that's probably limitless. I would say check. Um, having undisputed ascendancy is paramount. Check. Possessed of supreme power. Check. And with that, I would put a caveat. He is of supreme power. Now, faith, hope, and love remain, but the greatest of these is love, like God wins, okay? But he doesn't um, He doesn't use that power to control. He uses that power to influence, right? So listen, if there is a shooter that wants to mow down innocent people, God will be, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But he's not going to send a lightning bolt uh, because he can't violate that person's will, okay? Um, so he's not into control. Uh, another attribute, unlimited extent, enjoying autonomy um, related to a, a ruler royal. So I would agree with all of those except for power. His power is the power of love that never fails. But love is the long haul game because the never failing of love means like in the short term, we're going to do evil things that violate love because love cannot be love if your will is controlled. If someone forces me to love them, that's kind of like emotional rape. Okay. Okay. That's not love. Right. Um, but, um, but love is for your highest good. And so it cannot control. So in this question of do we limit God? Yeah, we do limit God by our choices. Um, but does that, then he just chooses the 500 zillionth other route to go to redeem, right? So if you look at the Bible as God's engaging with humanity, okay, so, um, so basically, you know, when Adam fell well jesus had already was already the lamb slain before the foundation of the world so he's trying to woo don't do that okay you did that okay well i've already i already in my mastery in my sovereignty i already have a plan for that i've already got that taken into account god is redeeming all things and he wants to work through his sons and daughters but if we refuse as if he wouldn't know, because he knows. He knows every stupid thing we're going to do and every brilliant thing we're going to do. And he's already got a plan around it. But because he is a relational God, he meets us in this relational way to woo us to be the sons and daughters through which creation is released from its bondage. So, wow, your ability to believe is really important, but rest in that because that's important. I believe you, God. I trust you, God. Leaves a space for miracles to happen, right? And, and, and I'm not just talking about poof, the cancer fell off. I'm talking about the miracles of everything that's miraculous in the long-term, in the short-term, this miraculous relationship we have, Um and what God is doing in redeeming humanity, redeeming the created realm, redeeming all things to himself. That's what he's doing. And he's partnering with his sons and daughters. And the more we can rest and grow in the knowledge of him, the more we can believe and the more we can partner with God in every single area. And we're growing in it. We're growing in it. So you know what? 
if you prayed and someone died, okay, that sucks. But that doesn't mean that it was all on you. That doesn't mean it was all on God, who actually turns out to be a bad dot. I just recently had a friend who died of cancer younger than me, okay? Um, and we were fighting and what, fighting the fight of faith, whatever. And she just, she graduated to heaven and there's an answer there. And I'm not saying that as a cop out, I don't know all the dynamics behind it. I just know that God is good and that he's redeeming her and that I, to the best of my ability, did as what I could. And so I'm at peace and I'm happy for her because, oh my goodness, she is so good, but I'm grieving for her family and, and I miss her and that's a grief there, but I'm also with God in that grief that there's beauty that will come out of it because he's the one that brings beauty for ashes. And so using what you have in your belief, in your, um, what you do believe that can grow, it's ultimately down to trust. God, are you good? Are you good? And where we run into problems is where we're trying to dictate the script of how God is going to answer. And so if we're saying, God, you need to do this because I said it, um, we're trying to control God. Well, your word says, well, he does know what his word says. We probably need to be reminded of what his word says. (laughs) And then we also need to understand that there's a lot of different ways to answer problems. So you're looking to God, God, how do we deal with this? How do we deal with this? Let me give you an example, um, very personal example. Uh, my mother was a um, baby believer. She, you know, she had, she knew God, but in a very distant way, because there was just a lot of damage and it was understandable that God seemed distant uh, in her heart and mind because there was just damage in her life. And so when she was diagnosed with leukemia, uh, uh, you know, I, I went to the Lord and said, Lord, how are we, um, how are we, how, how are we addressing this? Leukemia is not your will. Cancer's evil. It's not of you. Um, you, you, you've healed my mom from cancer, um, in what the promises are and how does this work out in her body in real time? And, um, you know, he basically showed me his will for my mom's life. And, and I just thought of this beautiful road full of light. And then it took a bend sort of in her late nineties of kind of, you know, what the fullness of what he intended. Cause by the time she's in her nineties, she's ready to be home. Right. That's my will for your mom. But he turned to me and doesn't, God doesn't do this very often, but every now and then he does that. I, I pay attention when he does, he turned to me, he goes, but you will honor her. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, it wasn't me. It was just like, okay, yep, I got it, got it, yep. And I knew exactly what he meant. I was going to stand for my mom, for her healing, as she could, um, as she as she could cooperate with the process. But if there was a time. When despite God's will of in these late nineties, um, that she wanted to be home, I was to honor that. So in other words, if she wanted to be home earlier than her late nineties, which was God's will, God would honor her will in this. 
And I was to back off because I was stepping on holy ground between God and his daughter. And the level of honor that he had for her was incredible, which is really interesting because she she had come to the Lord at a very late age and really was very, uh, had a hard time trusting him, right? And really had a hard time trusting these crazy Christians, okay? And so she had this real tentative relationship, but it was a real relationship. And he was honoring her right where she was at. And that was so beautiful. And so as we walked this out, you know, I I took my mom home and took care of her. It was really a, a step back from ministry and all this. And it was rugged. It was horrific. And and happily, she lived um, a year and three months. She was supposed to basically, with the diagnosis, she had be gone in weeks, maybe a month. Okay. And she lived a year and a couple months more than that. But there came a time and she, I, I knew she wanted to go home. I knew it right then. And I was so grateful. This was not the, the fight of faith now looked like me honoring my mom and her relationship with God and re- entrusting her to him. And that's what my partnership, my belief was to do. And she had an ideal, beautiful home going the way she wanted it. And you know what? I have peace, right? Um, and so there was a part that I was to play and there was a part that God was playing throughout the entire time. And so would it have gone like, I, I wanted him, I want the freaking cancer out of her body. I, you know, I wanted her, I wanted her to be there for uh, the kids' graduations and them getting married and all that. No, and that is a grief. That's what I wanted. But I recognize that in his relationship with her, he was not going to force anything. He was going to honor his daughter. Okay. And it's all about relation. That's the most important thing. Um, And so it went in a beautiful way, if not the way I would have chosen. Now, you know, my mom's cancer free now. She's not suffering. She is a happy camper. Um, You know, I miss her a lot. But So we have to go to God with what he is doing, given the fact that he will not force his children. He will not control his children. And so we need to get with his program and cooperate with that. And it may not be the one we chose, but it will be a good one. It will be a good one. Anyway, I hope this has answered this uh, in some ways. Do we limit God? Yes and no. Because God can work around those limitations, but it may be a longer term gain as he is redeeming all things to himself. All right, guys, I hope this has been a blessing. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.